And I'm just glad that you are joining us. I know that guys in Johannesburg, they are, they are meeting up and uh, in different places, uh, watching this broadcast. And I know that it will be a blessing to everybody who is going to listen to the word of God. Praise God. Esther chapter number two. Last week, I'm sure you all enjoyed the, the teaching on adoption. Uh, it, was, it was beautiful. I enjoyed it. And I'm sure it was a blessing to, to you guys as well. Uh, Esther chapter number two. Let's read verse number eight. That's where we are today. Verse number eight. Then we are going to go back to verse number three. And the title for the message today is We Serve. We Serve. We Serve. Esther chapter number two, verse number eight. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan, the citadel, under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the women. Haggai, the custodian of the women. Verse number three. And let the king appoint in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushan the citadel into the women's quarters under the custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch, custodian of the women. And let beauty preparations be given them. The reading of the word is blessed. So here we see a guy by the name Haggai uh, who was a eunuch and he was the custodian of women. This guy's name is Haggai. He is a eunuch and he is the custodian of women. So a couple of years ago, God ministered to me on this, on this subject and it really impacted my life and the way that I do ministry. In order for you to serve the king effectively, you need to be a eunuch. Let me take that again. In order for you to effectively serve God, you need to be castrated. You need to be a eunuch. All right? So, every person in these kingdoms, from Egypt, you know, the eastern uh, nations, they use this principle. You remember the Ethiopian eunuch? She was serving the queen of Sheba. Okay? So, the highest positions in the kingdoms were occupied by eunuchs. Men who were castrated, eunuchs. Those who could not reproduce, those are the ones who were placed in high positions in the kingdoms to serve the kings. So I'm going to explain 
a couple of things. So here the Bible says there is a hair guy who is the king's eunuch. And he was, it's a he, right? It's a he. He was the custodian of women. Whatever you die to, the Lord will make you a steward over the very same thing that you are dead to. God will never elevate you to stewardship over something that you are not dead to. So if you are to be entrusted with much, you have to be able to be faithful with a little. And you have to be able to be dead to the very thing you desire to possess. I don't know if you're hearing me. So, eunuchs, you can just Google that quickly if, if you don't. I don't want to explain any further. You just Google that quickly. Um, okay? Or let me explain. So, a eunuch is someone whose male part is, yeah, Clear now. Thank you. You made my work very easy. All right. So, but there were different types of, of eunuchs. Others would actually marry. So I'm going to explain a number of those things. Actually, others would actually marry. In other words, it is used in the Bible to refer people who have dealt with certain things in their lives that they are no longer an issue to stop them from serving the king. So the king would see whether you have passed certain tests and you have put his assignment as a priority over your own assignment. You have put his heart and his kingdom as a priority over what you personally desire as an individual. So you forego, in a way, others would forego the actual act of marriage in order for them to effectively serve the king. Okay? Because in their mind, they knew that I have to deal with all the drama that comes with relationships, the distraction. That comes with marriage if I am to be effective in serving the king. Okay? So that my service to the king is pure. I need to be able to close out all these things. So that I can be a blessing effectively to the king. So the Bible says all the women... They should be taken to the women's quarters under the custody of a hair guy. So the king was not afraid to have women in the custody of a hair guy because hair guy is dead 
to the love of women that even if you bring women to Hegai, Hegai will not violate them. And Hegai will not satisfy them because he does not have the ability to satisfy the women. And because he cannot satisfy the women, the only thing that Hegai can do is to usher the women to the king. The one who is able to satisfy. I, 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 I hope you're getting this. You see, we need a, a, a new batch of ministers, a new group of pastors, apostles, teachers, prophets, who look at themselves as eunuchs. And they are able to come to a conclusion that they cannot satisfy the people that God has entrusted them with. And they point all those men to the Christ who is the king. They know that themselves, they don't carry the solution, but there is the cross. And there is a king who rose up from the dead, who is able to satisfy the needs of the church members. Men and women of God who will not make themselves the ultimate source of people's joy. Men and women who will not see themselves as the covering of God's people. Men and women who don't see themselves as the blessing carriers of the people of God. Men and women who don't see themselves as the ones who carry the peace, the joy of God's people. But men and women who say, you are in my presence, I am the custodian of women. But I am taking you to the one who can satisfy you. If you are lonely, I'm not the man to quench your loneliness. If you are thirsty, I'm not the man to quench your thirst. If you are hungry, I'm not the man to satisfy your hunger. But come and see the man that I encountered. And his name is Jesus. And I'm pointing everybody to the place where the solution is. Because there is a time when I'm not going to be present. But you need the omnipresent God. There is a time when I am powerless. But you know that you need the omnipotent God. I will not be there with you, but he is there with you. I am not your wisdom, but Christ was made unto us wisdom. Righteousness. You don't need a connection to me, but you need a connection to the vine. Because I am not the vine, I am just a branch like you. And all I do when you come every Sunday is to tell you I am only a hair guy, but there is a man that I know. A man from Galilee. A man who cleanses the sinners. A man who cleanses the lepers. A man who heals the sick, raises the dead. A man who gives life to the lifeless. And all I do is serve the king by pointing everybody to the king. If you have got your children in your house, they should know. It is not you're waking up in the morning that is providing food on the table. Because there are other men that are waking up every morning. And we see them by the streets. They go back home with nothing to feed their family. Your children need to know that there is a man who provides every meal. 
so that in the absence of Abraham, come on, in the absence of Abraham, Hagar will not be stranded. Hagar will know that Abraham was just a channel that God was using. Abraham, I mean, Hagar will not see the absence of Abraham as the end of their provision, as the end of their livelihood. To the extent that she, she let the boy down and says, I don't want to see the death of my child. Hagar, your problem is you thought Abraham was the source. Abraham was just only the channel that God was using. If only we have got men and women who sit down with their children and point them to the source. One day I will not be present with you, but I want to introduce you to the God who supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. At one point I will not be here to wake up in the morning, but I want to point you to the source so that in my absence you will not say the source is no longer there. You will say I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. If you want to bring it closer to home to the New Testament, you will say, I'll lift up my eyes on my inside. From where does my help come from? My help comes from my heaven. Your spirit is your heaven. That's a message for another day. But I, I, I pray that you hear this. And when you are raising those children, don't, don't think the rules and the things that you are putting there is what is keeping them. They need to know that there is God. There will be a time when I will not be able to walk the journey with you. I will release you into the world. But I will entrust you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Paul says, I am departing, but I am entrusting you. To God and to the word of his grace. He did not say go with me. He did not say it is better if I am with you. He did not say the covering is off town now. He says I am entrusting you to God. And to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. So the, the, what builds you up? It's not your pastor. It is the word of grace that builds you up. It is not any word. So not everybody who is in the presence of the man of God is being built up. Not everybody in church is being built up. But those who are built are those who are entrusted to God and to the word of grace. So if what you are hearing is not the word of grace, you are not being built up. Because the Bible says the word of grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Kiss your inheritance goodbye. If the word of grace is not what is taught on the pulpit. So Hagar must know that I'm a eunuch. And the king was like, Hagar, can you be trusted with women? Are you dead to the lust of the flesh? What happens when God entrusts you with 5,000? Do you go crazy? You know, he says, if you cannot even manage these riches of this world, how, how about the... I was talking to, to Gary the other day, and he says, Pastor, do you know that you can have a person at your church 
Uh, so we're just talking. Sometimes we have time and, and just laugh. He says, do you know that you can have at your church somebody who wins a lot of $250 million and the following month you struggle with rent for the church? Then what do you mean? <laughs> says, the moment you say, ah, brother, where are you? You'll be like, they don't know how to treat people with money. They don't know how to, you know, all of a sudden I'm getting calls. Are you getting this? So why is it you can have the blessed and you still struggle? It's because her guy is trying to satisfy himself with the very thing God entrusted them to be a blessing to the kingdom and to the king. Then it ends with her guy. So no, there is no girl that there is no woman that is proceeding to the king. Haggai, when Haggai sees Esther, Haggai is seeing Esther for Haggai, not Esther as good for the king. What happens when God blesses you with money? Do you see money as good for you or money as good for the kingdom? What happens when God gives you a house? Do you see the house as good for the kingdom or the house as good for your status? What happens when God gives you a job? Is it a job good for you or the job is good for the kingdom? You say, God, you have placed me here, not only for me to get a salary to satisfy me, but I will advance the cause of the kingdom at this workplace where you have placed me. I'll make sure everybody knows about the king that I'm serving. It will not end with me. It has to end with the king. Can you be trusted? with the children's ministry. And we pray that we don't hear any scandal, any abuse of the girls, any abuse. Is this is happening in churches entrusted with a ministry, with a children's ministry. And then you hear stories of rape, you hear stories, a whole lot of things that are happening. Can you be trusted? Are you dead to it? Are you able to point those people To the king. Or you make yourself. You see when you are a pastor. When you see some people in the company of some people. You panic. You go home and kneel down and say God if only you preserve them for your glory. Matthew chapter 19 verse 12. It says. For there are eunuchs, this is Jesus speaking, for there are eunuchs who were born thus for their, uh, from their mother's womb. And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. I love the last part. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. So Jesus was talking about divorce. And the guys was like, ah, if that is, fornication is the only reason for divorce, they wanted many reasons. Jesus gave one. Then he says, so who now is going to get married? It's better that we, we all stay. Then Jesus says, there are three types of eunuchs. Those who were born eunuchs and those who were made by men. So other men made them. And there are those who made themselves. This is where we come in. Those who made themselves for the sake of the kingdom. Right? So it was not only, this term, it was not only used for those who could not marry because 
you know. Potiphar was a eunuch. If you check your Bible, he was a eunuch, but he was married. It's a state where you have given yourself and you say, my wife, my children, what I own, what I possess, cannot in any way stand in the way between me and my serving God. Oh, yeah. Can I repeat that? My wife, my children, my everything will never stand on my way. Do not. It is always God, family. Get the order right. God, family. Others. God, family. Others. God, family. Others. I want to repeat it for the last time. God, family. Others. God first. You see, you can make your own children idols. You can make your wife an idol. You can worship them without you knowing that you're worshiping them. You can make your parents idols. Everything about you, anything can be made as an idol or to be an idol. So we need to come to a place where we say, God, it is you. Because that wife that you're making an idol when you are dead, somebody is going to marry her. Have you ever, come, have you ever thought of it? That husband of yours, who is saying you are my world, when you are dead, you will change and go to Jupiter, another world. And if you die again, he goes to Mars, another world. So, the eunuchs, that, that word eunuch, if you check it in the Greek, it carries the idea of those who made the king's bed. So, as I was meditating this morning, then the Lord laid on my heart something, that everybody has got access to the throne of God, but not everybody has access to the making of the bed of the king. All of us, we approach boldly the throne of grace. In a kingdom, everybody has got access to the throne of the king. But not everybody has got access to the bedroom of the king. To serve the king. That's why others are given one talent, others two talents, others three talents, or five talents, others ten talents. The difference is others will end somewhere. But others are entrusted to go how are they entrusted? Because the Bible says it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. So what makes you to get to 10 is your faithfulness with one. You are faithful at the quarters of the king outside. You give yourself, you prove yourself to the king that you can be trusted. Now if you go haywire with 10,000, And it stops you from serving God. What makes you think you will start serving God effectively when you've got 10 million? Because there's stuff to buy when you have 10 million. So if you can't serve God where you are, there is no excuse. Oh yeah. I want to repeat again. 
There is no excuse to not serving God at any level in your life. Where you are, you can serve God effectively. With the time that you have, you can serve God effectively. There is no, no excuse whatsoever. Because your faithfulness with a little is what qualifies you for more. At least if God is the one providing. Because it's not every provision that is from God. So don't look at those who are not serving and say, but that one is not serving, but he is getting more. Yeah, he may be getting more, but it does, does it mean he's getting from, from the Lord? The devil has. That's why he said to Jesus, if you worship me, I'll give you. You can actually have of your own strength. But that does not mean it is coming from the Lord. Everything that is God as a source, you will have it as a result of your faithfulness. It is given to you in your spirit as an act of grace, but it is entrusted to you by your faithfulness. You don't like to hear this. I'll say it anyway. So eunuchs, the kings always love to be served by eunuchs for one reason, or three reasons. I'll give you a few of them. Number one, focus. Because their focus was only the king. Okay? King. That was the focus. So, in your marriage, what should be the focus? King. Your own marriage. The focus should never be your wife. No. The focus should always be the king. What did Jesus say? I came to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father involved his blessing to the church. So when you focus on the king and not your spouse, if you focus on trying to get your spouse to be the perfect spouse, you are focusing a lot on your marriage, you know. Every time you are focusing on your marriage, you are, look, just forget about it. You don't need marriage classes. We don't need couples meetings. They asked me when we, just when we started, Pastor, we need, you know, these ministries to be functional. Then I says, what is it that I'm not saying at church that you need to hear the couple's meeting? Because faithfulness that I preach in, on Sunday, you channel it, faithfulness to your wife, to your children, to this. It's you. I give you every word. You distribute it accordingly to every part. If you say, ah, no, the reason why we are, we are sleeping around and cheating on our wives is because we are not having couple's meetings then we'll be shocked. Because you don't need couples meetings in order for you to know how to talk to your wife. In order for you to know that you manage your finances together because you are one flesh. You don't need a couples meeting. You just need to learn the word of God and learn not to be selfish. Up, up. You don't need a couples meeting in order for you to learn that you need to listen to your wife. She's not a second citizen in your, in your house. You need to listen to her. You don't, you don't need lessons. You need to only have your mind on serving God, the king, and everything else will, focus, will fall in line. Are you hearing me? So, at work, the focus, the king and the kingdom, 
in your relationships, the king and the kingdom. At school, the king and his kingdom. In your community, the kingdom and the king. And when you have that as the focus, the only focus, I'm telling you, you will be a very effective eunuch. And God will entrust you with authority, entrust you with riches, entrust you with people, entrust you with opportunities. Seven. Heart. So number one, focus. Number two, heart. A eunuch needed to have a heart for the king. So by being castrated, he's simply saying, my heart is saving the king. Okay, so I will not give John and give Peter my heart, and then uh, next week I give to um, Jennifer, and the other week, you know, my heart has moved from Jennifer, it has now gone to another person. Heart belongs to God. God gives people that he wants to give your heart to himself. Focus the king. Where should your heart be? The king and his kingdom. And the king and his kingdom, when he finds the right person for you, you give your heart to that person. Me, imagine me telling Ria that I've given you my heart. My heart? She'll never have my heart. Never. I'll never, even in a way of flattering, uh, whether figurative or not, you know, honey, you have my heart. <laughs> my heart. My heart is for the king. My heart is for the king and the kingdom. That's where my heart is. If Ria wants my heart, Ria must go to the king and put her heart with the king and the kingdom. Then there, with the king and the kingdom, remember the marriage lesson? The king will take my heart and says, your heart is here, Ria's heart is here, what I have joined together. Your heart should never be in your job. If you lose your job, you will commit suicide. Your heart should never be with money. That's why you need to be a eunuch. That's why you need to die to you and give everything to God. Your passion, your desire should always be for God. Nothing else. When you make God not first, because other people make God first, the problem with making God first, then you've got all the other numbers that may overpower the number one. God doesn't want to be first in your life. He wants to be everything. He is your very life. Now put God first. Who is second? God is everything. Put God first. Put God second. Put God, put God to be everything. So in Jobek, we have got another guy, Brother Steve. So someone called him. He needed to sign a contract, a very huge contract. I think it ran into millions. And they say that in order for us to sign the contract, let's meet at the site. On a Sunday, it was on a Sunday at 10 in the morning. Then we sign and we give you the contract. And he told them that, not Sunday for me. I'll come after church. And they said, my friend, if you don't come Sunday at 10, you'll lose the contract. He says, you know what? I, I told you I'll come Sunday after church. I will not miss church for a contract because it's worth millions. I won't. And he came to church. They waited for him to finish church. King. 
What we are saying is practical stuff. And sometimes when you then see God opening doors for other people, you wonder. You say, God has got favor. Yet God has given you the little. You go haywire. 500. A little opportunity. A person is out of their mind. So your heart has to be with the Father. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of my Father. Philippians chapter number 2, verse 5 to 8. Serving God is everything for a child of God. That's the only reason why we don't die the day that we are born again. God leaves us here to serve him. Let this mind be in you, the eunuch mind. I'm not saying, let me clear this. I'm not saying every man here go out there and, and be castrated. No, that's not what I'm saying. Let this mind, it's a mindset, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself, made himself. You, you, you don't need anybody to, to make you. Three types of eunuchs. Those who were born, so you don't have control. Those who were made, probably forced. But the third one, those who made themselves because of this mind that was in Christ Jesus. And he made himself of no reputation. Can you make yourself? Of no reputation in order for you to be of service to the kingdom of God. Or you hold on to your reputation. One time God said to me, Dan, you don't have a reputation to protect. You don't have a name. I'm the one trying to give you a name. So stop trying to protect your name. You have no name to protect. I'm not trying to guard my reputation and my this, this. I don't. It was because of ministration to the people. It says, ah, what if I pray for him and he's not well? So what? Why is it you don't want to be embarrassed? It's because you are alive. But Paul says, it's no longer I who lives. But Christ now lives in me. Those who, he made himself of no reputation. Make yourself that. Taking the form of a born servant. Take that form. That's what the Bible says. Let this mind be in you. And coming in the likeness of man, even though you are up there, can you reduce, can you lower yourself in order for you to serve the king and the kingdom and just be like any other man? I told you that that's why here we don't have special seats for special people. That's why we don't honor you. And respect you because of the car that you drive, the amount of money that you have, the title that you carry. You are just like all of us. After all, you got that qualification because you were seen to have been educated in someone's thinking. Not independent thinking. No one is given a degree for independent thinking. 
Everyone who is degreed is given a degree for thinking the same way those who went before him thought. And they say, this is how you should think. Prasbu, am, am I telling the truth? Yes. So when, 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 when UNISA gives you a, a, a degree, they are saying you are qualified in thinking the way the people who came before you think. So don't try and, and, and look like you, you're smarter than all of us. You are not. Well, I say it as it is. If you are bored, if you don't like it, well, it's up to you. It may get you more money, praise the Lord. It may get you a better place to say praise the Lord. But it does not make you a better believer. What makes you a better believer is to have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. I always laugh at pastors who the moment that they get a doctorate degree, they don't want to be pastor anymore. They want to be called doctor so and so. How do you trade a heavenly calling and a heavenly title for a title conferred by a university? How dare you? I don't. Someone says, because I don't have a degree. It's true. Because I don't have it. Even though I have it. But you never hear me talk about it. I am degreed. I don't talk about it. Because it's useless. You know what is useful? Let this mind be in you. That was in Christ Jesus. That although he was God, he emptied himself. How about we have a church of people who have emptied themselves? Who can sit down with those who are hungry out there and, and, and remove their tags and they are not embarrassed to sit down with the poor and share the gospel with those who are homeless? How about we have men and women who have emptied themselves who can go to an orphanage and spend a day with the orphans because they, are, they have emptied themselves and they want to impact the life that they possess in the people that they meet. Let this mind be in you. That was in Christ Jesus. That although he was God. If you were Jesus. If you were Jesus. Coming from heaven. You will be walking the streets of Bethlehem on a, I don't know what, on a chariot, Ria says, on a chariot or on the best whatever. But the guy was there in the carpentry shop working for the man he created, learning a trade as if he did not know, being told this is called mahogany wood. Being instructed in what he created. This is called a palm tree. This is what, what you say. This is what you do. This is how you protect this place. This is how you lock. Yet he keeps all things. He owns all things. But let this mind be in you. Whereby you sit down and you are instructed in the very same thing that you know. And still be there and don't feel like they are wasting your time. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Some of you already know what I'm saying. You, have, you know it. 
But how about you humble yourself a little bit and just hear me out? If you have the same mind. It was only one day when he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And they were all shocked. This guy, is he the one? But you know, if it was you, we would not even have problems identifying that you are Jesus. And you just recently came from heaven. It was going to show. It was going to show. Go to the next verse, please. Verse 6. I always say, I say there in Job, can you lead without a title? Are you able to lead without a title? Because other people, they only lead because they carry titles. Remove the title, he can't lead. He only leads when he's told, this is Mr. So-and-so, he is a chairman. Listen to him. Without a title, nobody listens to you. Are you able to be listened to? Because you are a eunuch. And you have got influence. The life of God oozes. People love to be around you. They love to hear. Or the day the title is taken away from you, that's it. So I said, are you able to lead without a title? Because here, we don't have titles. The only title, the highest title you can have as a Grace Chapter Church member is cell group leader. That's the highest you can go. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God? Next verse. But emptied, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a born servant and coming in the likeness of man, the man that he created. So, remember what I said? You may have, we may all have access to the throne of God. But not all of us are going to be entrusted with ministries that impact other people. Now, how do you serve? Do you serve where your name is up there? Or you are able to serve even where you are not known? How do you serve? Can you serve where you are not appreciated? I said this on Tuesday. That people say you have to be in a place where you are appreciated. That's wrong. Don't be in a place where you're appreciated. Be in a place where God wants you to be and a place where you add value, whether you're appreciated or not. Because nobody is called to appreciate you. Have you ever met a person who has got a call to appreciate other people? We are not called to appreciate you. No. The Bible says it is only him who will say, well done, good, and faithful servant. It's him. Not us. So next time before you accuse us of not appreciating you. We're not there when God called you. We're not there. I said in Jobek, Some of you who are giving us problems. When you were poor. In the back of beyond Emakaya there. You were the one who made a prayer. God, if you bless me, I'll support your work. And when we come and say, support the work, you say, they are bothering me. Yet, before we were there, you made the prayer. We are making a follow-up on the prayers that you made. When we were not there, if God, you bless me, I will, you know, me, me God, I know I'm not gifted, but if you increase me and bless me, 
I'll be a blessing. And all you wanted then was a three, two, three. In order for you to be a blessing. In order for you to save. God, if only you give me three, two, three. And God gave you more than a three, two, three. And when we come, then we say, we are, we are not a burden. We are only addressing those who made prayers. To say, God, if you bless me. Bless me so that I may be a blessing. So when God sent us, he's not sending me to all of you. He's only sending me to so-and-so. Mr. So-and-so, you made a prayer yourself. We were not there. And you told God, you promised God, if you increase me and you bless me, you didn't say if you increase me, I'll change cars every week. You didn't say if you increase me, I'll buy new shoes every week. You said if you increase me, I'll be a blessing to the kingdom. Now we are making a follow-up because you are the one who said I'll be a eunuch for the kingdom. How come now you have got women and you are sleeping around with them? feel like I'm teaching good. Yeah. I told you, I don't need appreciation from you. How many times did you tell me that I preached well after I preached? But I come back next week on Sunday, I preach again. Whether you appreciate me, you don't appreciate me, I come back here and preach again and again and again and again. Whether I've got one person coming to my house, I preach one hour. My wife knows. If you are lucky you come to my place and we get to talk. I can preach you the whole sermon for two hours. I don't have a problem. Because that's what God laid on my heart. I do it for nothing. Because somebody is watching and he's saying, boy, keep going. Verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 3 to 4. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 3 to 4. This should be our last verse. Last verse does not mean I'm finishing. It's just last verse. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, here I am a dry tree. Let the eunuch not say, here I am a dry tree. The eunuchs in the kingdom of God should never say, here I am a dry tree. Next verse. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant. Next verse. Let's hear what the Lord says. Even to them I will give my house and within my walls a place and a better and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. You see the blessing? I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. You see, when you are an eunuch, you cannot procreate anymore, right? So your name is sort of cut off. You cannot go ahead and marry and have children. And your name is at some point for God. And God says, tell them, they should not say they are dry trees. But they should know that I'm giving them a name that will not be cut off. Though physically, it may look like they are cut off, 
but I am blessing them and giving them a name better than that of sons and daughters. And I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. There is a blessing in serving God with a good heart. And you need that passion, the zeal, the one focus, such as Paul had. You know, why would God choose a guy like Paul? As bad as he was, you know why? One focus. As a, as a Pharisee, he was so focused in that. You see, if you, some of you are not extreme in grace because you were never extreme in law. Some of us are extreme in, in grace because we were extreme in law. Let me repeat that. If you were lukewarm in law, you will be lukewarm in grace. <laughs> if you were extreme in law, you will be extreme in grace. That's how it goes. Paul was extreme, persecuting, killing. God says, this is the one. If I just change his focus and give him grace, he will be extreme. They stoned him. They thought he was dead. He woke up and went back to the same city where he was stoned. I have nothing to lose. I've got the king and the kingdom. The king and the kingdom. I only want to minister to the king and the kingdom. Even if it means unto death, I will minister to the king and his kingdom. So we'll continue in the coming lessons, learning about these eunuchs, how they used to function. But what I want you to know is that God has called us to a place where we need to serve him. At whatever cost. At whatever cost we should serve God. At whatever cost. That, that's why we are here. We are here to serve. We are not here to be blessed. That's why the Bible says we are ambassadors of Christ. We are deployed. Not to talk about ourselves. Imagine an ambassador is sent by South Africa to go to Angola. And instead of talking about South Africa, he talks about his family, his cars. What he possesses. How smart his house is. How intelligent and the degrees that he has. He will be brought back. You are sent to represent a country. And all you have to talk about is the country where you are coming from. The government that sent you. God sent you and entrusted you with a ministry. You possess something. How about you say, God, I will save you and your kingdom. And see if all these other things will not be added unto you. All these other things, you will enjoy them. When you make the king and the kingdom your priority. We need a generation. This world, I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't see things the way I see things. But if you look at your children and the generation that they're growing up in, the time in which they're growing up in, where homosexuality has been made normal, I'm telling you, with your lukewarmness, imagine the, the church that we are, we are handing over to them. Are we not going to have a church that will accept that and say God is, is okay with all that? That's why we need to be active. Someone said to me, before we started, he said to me, if you will not do it for us, do it for our children. 
That's why sometimes I laugh at people, laugh as in painful laugh, if ever there's anything like that. I laugh at people who are stuck in law, having known the revelation of the grace of God, because it is good for them as parents, they want connections. And I say, what kind of a parent will take a child where they know there is poison? Because they now know how to navigate the poison themselves. And they don't care about the children because what you have to worry about is the next generation. If you have seen the light, does your child know how to navigate the darkness that they are hearing all the time? Why, why would you do that? We went to the States with my wife a couple of years ago. And they would, you know, they would do stuff in Shona. And this guy said, you know, Pastor, we need to do in Shona because some of us came from, you know, Zimbabwe a long time ago. And, you know, when we come to church, this is the only time that we get to enjoy. So I sat him down and I said, I want you to ask a few questions. Number one, do you speak Shona at your house? And he says, no. Your children, do they understand Shona? He said, no. Then I said, so you are dragging them here to church to come and attend a service where you are doing everything in Shona for your good, are you not seeing that you are missing another generation? You don't care whether they are going to hear the word. For you, as long as you enjoy what you used to do in Epworth, what you used to do in Makaya, what you used to do wherever you came from, and you are forgetting the next generation, you need to begin to think as a parent, the next generation. If you don't take God and his work and his, your service to him seriously, your children will do the same. It's a fact. It's a given. If, if, if God is not number one, if, if you have got a hundred excuses, your children will grow up having a thousand of them because they took it from you. Next time, by the time you want to make a ten, it's too late. How about the sea service? I shared on Tuesday here what God said to me, the church that God showed me. And he asked me, if this, what you are doing, is called Christianity, when your children are here, what kind of Christianity are they going to leave out? Stand, please. For the king and the kingdom. That should be your heart. For the king and the kingdom. For the king and the kingdom. For the king. Remember we said in earlier lessons, displaying the king, you know, the the glory of the king. What you put on should be always for the king and the kingdom. When you buy a new suit, you have to say for the king and the kingdom. When people look at me, they must see the glory of the king and the kingdom. The heart of every citizen in the kingdom of God should always be for the king. Not for my friend. No, for the king and his kingdom. I'm not making a statement to those people who said I will never prosper. It is for the king and his kingdom. Lord, whatever you bless me with, it will be for the king and for his kingdom. Wherever you allow me to step in, it will be for the king and his kingdom. I'm not competing with anybody. I'm a eunuch. It is for you, Lord. It is for your glory. It is for you, Lord. My gift is for you, Lord. I was saying to the prison worship yesterday that do you know that it, the music that you enjoy watching on, on TV, that one, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
Make his face shine upon and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace. It was not composed for studio recording. It was composed to be a blessing to the church. That's what I was telling them. And they came and they said, this is what we, when we sat down and, and we were just worshiping and composing, this is what the Lord laid on our heart. But you see what we do? I got my sister, she's watching me right now, Omi. I told you about it. She's got a lot of songs that she composed for recording. Up to now, more than 20 years, she has not recorded. We don't sing them in church. Very good songs. She's waiting. Maybe she's no longer waiting to record anymore. It has always to be not for the recording paper. It's for the king. It's for the king and his kingdom. Can I repeat that? It is for the king. Your car that is parked outside there, it is for the king and his kingdom. Your house that you bought with your own money that is not your own because it belongs to the king. It should be for the king and his kingdom. I should be able to come there and sleep there anytime I want. King and the kingdom. When there are people who are stranded in our midst, they should not struggle on where to stay when you have got five rooms that have got nobody sitting and staying in. It is for the king. The Bible says in the book of Acts, nobody in their presence lacked anything. How can we have a church where people are lacking and others are blessed? Others are lacking, others are blessed. If it is for the king and the kingdom, I should be able to hold your hand. It says, my friend, what is mine is yours. I will help you until you are able to stand on your feet. It is for the king and the kingdom. What I have is for the king and the kingdom. Like the clothes that we used to put on when I was at Bible school. My friend will iron his, I will make sure I'm sleeping and he's ironing his shirt and I'll go to bath. And when it's his turn to go to bath, I put on his pants, I put on his jacket, I put on his shirt. He will find me in the chapel, raising up my hands. It's for the king and his kingdom. <laughs> what is yours is mine. It's for the king and the kingdom. I'm able to advise your child because it is for the king and the kingdom. I don't know if you're hearing me. But you see, my prayer is that we, we understand we are in a kingdom where we need to point everybody and everything to the king. It does not end with you. Christianity becomes useless if it ends with you. Prosperity becomes useless if it ends with you. Your career becomes useless if it only blesses you. It has to go beyond you. The message that you received of grace becomes useless if it ends with you. How about you hit that life button and share with somebody on your timeline? How about you post something? How about you share a broadcast? We don't share. We don't do live. We don't, well, 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 me, I'm not on, you know, you're just on Facebook to like my TT and on Facebook to like uh, DJ Fresh and on Facebook to like, I look at that and I feel sorry for people. I feel sorry for people. How about for the king and the kingdom? 
You may not like me, but I preach sense. Somebody needs to hear that. I may not be the best preacher in the world, but the word that I preach is the most purest that you can ever find. At least I preach it from a pure heart for the king and his kingdom. Raise your hands. I want you to pray and say, God, just help me. Open your mouth. Talk to God. Talk to, you. Talk to your daddy for the king and his kingdom. My children are for the king and the kingdom. I'll push them to save you, Lord. Therefore, the king and the kingdom. What I possess, the king and the kingdom. What I drive for you, Lord, is for the king and the kingdom. The people that I minister to, they belong to you. I will never forget, Lord, that they are yours. 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 I cannot satisfy them. I cannot give them a word good enough myself. It has to be your word. Not my word, but your word. Not my covering, but your covering. Not my wisdom, but your wisdom. It has to be you, Lord. The gift that you have given me is for the king and the kingdom. For the king and the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, that although he was God, but he did not count it robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation, emptied himself, died the death of the cross, let it be the same mind in us today. Lord, I pray that each and everybody in this place today and hearing my voice may see you and your kingdom as the priority, as the only thing to focus on. Let it only be you, Lord, that even in our walk, it will be for you and your kingdom. We give you praise. For the blessings in Jesus' name. Let God's people say amen. Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah.